Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. to the FemiPod. This week we have another incredible guest. The amazing Katha Ebbs is a good friend and a proud queer feminist. Katha is a creative, their outlet being a writer, a DJ and hugely into fashion. She has insanely great style and is a Nike ambassador. Kath has signed up for the 10K at the Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival this week, which is very exciting. Kath's pronouns are they and she. Now, before we get started, we wanted to make a disclaimer that we are not well-versed in the space of the LGBTIQ plus community, and we want to do better. As Femi is a female community, we realize not only females menstruate and not everyone fits into a specific gender. We are excited to learn more from Kath today about being inclusive and understanding the genderqueer spectrum. Welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have you here. How are you? Thanks for having me. I am good. Um... Yeah, I'm good. I'm in Melbourne, which is really exciting. Um, I yeah, I'm good. I think I'm good. I'm like tired, but I'm good. Like my spirit is good. That's good. <laughs> I um, what I love about you is your honesty. So to hear that you are good makes me really believe that you are good, which is great. <laughs> we want to jump straight into things. Um, I know that you are a runner and you've been running for a while now, but let's just jump into your running journey. I know you grew up dancing and I am a massive fan of your dancing. I love your Instagram stories of you dancing all the time. So keep those coming. What got you interested in running? Um, running was like a later thing for me. So like growing up, like you mentioned, I was a dancer um, and that was like kind of all I did sport wise. I was so not athletic, like just, I hated sports carnivals. I would always like not bring my uniform when we had PE. Like I was like, it was like with dancing, like I was like, you know, gun ho very sporty in that realm. But when it came to like all other sports, I was like, count me out. Like, absolutely not. And I was like, one of those people, I was like, I don't understand people that run. Like I run like one second and I can't breathe. Like I don't get it. And then when I left school, I was meant to go do full time for dance, but I started working um in a as like uh I guess a model when I was 16 and I decided to take a year off to work before I went back to dance and I that was when I like started going to the gym like I was like okay well I'm not dancing anymore like I was like not as much as I was I was doing so much before then so I was like I need to like stay fit um so I'll start going to the gym I'll like you know get into all that kind of thing started going to the gym started getting like heavily into fitness like really loved it was really excited by it and then I, um, I don't know, running just, I think naturally when you kind of end up in that like scene, like running is such a thing that people do. And I lived at the time on this in Sydney, it's called like the Bay Walk. It's like a known like seven kilometer loop in Sydney. And I lived like pretty much like on that loop and I would like go on walks and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh man, like I wish I could run. Like it just looks so peaceful. Just like being able to like not have any equipment, not need to go to the gym, just like go for a run and I so I kind of had it in my head I was like yeah I want to like learn how to run so I would like 
started like that whole like run jog thing. Like I would like run for a bit and then like walk and then run and then walk. And then this one day um, I like, I got, I was like doing my whole run walk thing. And I started like jogging. And then I just like in my head, like didn't kind of stop. Like I was like, I'll go to like the next tree and then the next thing and then the next thing. And then I'd done like half of it. And I remember stopping at the time being like, oh my God, I am an athlete. Someone called the cops. I just ran half of the bay and I was like so excited by it. I was like, I am a queen. And so then in my head, I literally was just like, you know what? Next Sunday, I used to run on a Sunday. That was like a walk run on a Sunday. And I was like, next Sunday, I am going to run the whole bay, which was like the bay walk. So I was like, I'm going to run the whole thing. So I had it in my head. And I'm just that kind of person when I like make like a goal, I like stick to it. So, yeah, I was like, I'm going to run the bay. I don't care how long it takes me. I don't care how hard it is. And I did it the next Sunday. And I was like, oh, my God, amazing. I'm the greatest. And then that was just like, I just kind of fell in love with running from then on. Every Sunday I would do the bay. It was like in my routine. And then it just slowly was like a thing that I did. Um, And then it wasn't until Nike when I was, sorry, sorry about my voice, by the way, guys, I'm losing my voice. So if I like have these weird like, pops it's because I'm like (laughs) losing my voice um I yeah Nike um put me as where me and Lids actually met um they put me on one of their campaigns when I think I was like 19 um and that was when I really got serious about running when I started working with Nike that was when I thought about things like pace and like getting better and like conditioning my body properly um and yeah it was just like a snowball effect from there and it hasn't stopped that's so cool. It's it's interesting to hear you falling in love with running and how you were like that walk, jog, and then suddenly you were like, oh, actually, I can keep going. And I think that's what people struggle with, like getting to that point. Eh? And then when you get there, you start to really fall in love with it. So that was really cool to hear your journey. Uh, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you're racing this weekend. Uh, how's the training been? And are you ready to race? You're excited? Yeah. Um, so I've been training for the half marathon which unfortunately um, up until like a week ago, I'm going to have to do the 10 because I hurt my hip. Um, I have like, I've had hip issues for like a few years and honestly it comes from my dance background. It's not the running. It's just my body being like tortured from dancing for so many years. Um, But the training's been good. I, it's about like beginning of COVID, like when COVID first ever happened, um, I decided I was going to train for a full to give me something to do um in lockdown and I went too hard too quickly and ended up with a stress fracture and then I stopped running for like um almost a year really like I obviously conditioned back and like rehabbed but I wasn't like running consistently I think I was a little bit terrified after what happened like not being able to walk I was just like it was awful um and then I like seven months ago, got really brutally dumped, which again, like kind of set me back. Like I wasn't like at, like I was working out, but I wasn't consistent because I was sad. Um, so when Nike came to me and was like, we're doing like, we're doing the Melbourne um, marathon and we want you to run. It was this really beautiful, like universal moment where I was like, okay, the universe has like put this in to my hands to like, give me a goal, get me running again get me falling in love with again and also just finding like my power I find running like really uh, a powerful thing for me it's something that really helps me like 
get into my body and feel like I feel the best when I'm running consistently. I feel the best about myself, about life. So I was like, this is the perfect thing for like where I'm at right now. So it's been a really, it's been really hard because I haven't been in a running routine. So it's actually been really tough, which is like weird for me, like to actually like, I guess, struggle with running. Cause like before the stress fracture, like it wasn't, I wasn't finding it difficult in a way. Cause I was like in the flow of it. So it was really hard, um, but it was like, it's been really beautiful. I'm really bummed that I've injured myself because I love half marathons. Um, but I, yeah, really excited. And yeah, the training's been good. It's been, it's been, it's been really good. It's actually kind of funny as well. I um, train a lot. I love doing like classes, especially when I'm like, um, when we came out of lockdown, because I was just so excited to like be with people in like a fitness space. And there's this gym in Sydney called, I actually have it in Melbourne as well, um, called Barry's Bootcamp, which is like a running gym. So I was doing a lot of my training there just because I just found it like I go there, they tell me what to do and like it's fun. And then I ended up being there so much that I actually ended up getting a job there <laughs> like two weeks it's ago. Amazing. So like, yeah, that's how much I was like there running. Um, so that was kind of beautiful as well. I guess that kind of came out of the training. So yeah, it's been fun. It's been good. It's been interesting. It's been hard, but I've been, it's really enjoyed it. And it was like the perfect thing to happen at the perfect time for where like I'm at in my, my journey in life. Mm, yeah. that's so cool and like I think although I know how much you wanted to run the half marathon still running the 10k is a huge achievement and I think it's still going to be exciting to be out there part of an event that you know we haven't had events in so long so just lining up with other people is really exciting and I know like this it sounds like this journey is has been very different to your other training journeys that you've been on especially with Nike building up to races is there anything you've learned about yourself through this training journey that's really like stands out or sticks with you yeah, I think I've learned to be a little bit more relaxed. I think I've learned that, to be honest, in the past, like, year and a half. I When I got into, like, coming from a dance background as well um, and just my personality, I was very, like, I loved it. Like, don't get me wrong, I fucking, like, loved it. But I was very, like, rigid, I think, in my training and very, like, um, even though I enjoyed it, it was, like, the like first thing on my priority list. And it's actually come down, which is actually an achievement for me because I think I just was like so obsessed with it being like number one that I didn't leave room for like a lot of things. So this training journey has been really beautiful because I think I found a lot more enjoyment and I've been less rigid and I've allowed myself to like do what I need to do in order to like train smart. Um, and get and like you know reach my goal at the end but not being so obsessed with it that I don't have a life outside of it because I think I forget sometimes like I would call myself definitely like a recreational athlete as in like fitness is a huge part of my life and I set goals and like I train consistently but like I'm not an athlete and like sometimes I have to remind myself of that as well and be like this is something you love and that you take seriously but it's also really important to have a life outside of that and not be so obsessed with it that it like it, it is like always number 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 one um so this has been like a completely different training block compared to my other training blocks because they've been so much more relaxed and I think that's actually something that I'm kind of oddly like proud of myself for because I I'm not usually like yeah relaxed with stuff like that and I can be very almost like OCD about things and I think my perfectionism and like anxiety gets in the way and I just want to like be the best and I want to like, yeah, 
and I've allowed myself to like heal parts of that and I've shown that like my healing has been paying off because I have been more relaxed in this training block which is like a really beautiful thing for me personally yeah definitely I think you are an athlete we're just going to make sure you know that because you run you know everyone's on a different journey and you're training and you're there you know therefore you are athlete but I know what you mean with like putting that extra pressure on yourself. And I think even from someone that does take running quite seriously over here, I'm <laughs> putting my hand up. I think yeah. being relaxed has helped me as well. So I totally relate with that. You know, even if you consider yourself a recreational runner, you can still put so much pressure on yourself and it takes away the fun factor of it. Um, so that's really cool to hear that you've um, got that out of this journey. Uh, okay. You're obviously quite open about the fact that you suffer or suffered body dysmorphia. And an eating disorder as well. Where are you at now with your feelings towards your body? And and do you think that more relaxed approach just helped you as well? Yeah, I think that definitely is like kind of intertwined to like what I was just saying. So like my, I think I've always suffered pretty bad body dysmorphia. I think being a dancer, like it's a very common thing. Um, And when I left dance and like, I don't know if it was like a combination of things. Like I had a lot of stuff going on in my personal life when I was like 17. Um, So I unfortunately developed like really serious anorexia. And then in my recovery became, I guess, addicted to exercise, to be honest. And it's this really weird thing to talk about because although it was like almost like a stepping stone on my healing journey, it definitely was something that was the hardest to kind of like heal um, I have a very addictive personality. It's also why I've cut out a lot of um, things in my life, such as like alcohol and like I don't do any like drugs. Not that no one should be doing drugs, but yeah, I don't drink. I don't do anything that could like um, flare up my addiction. But in that, because I have an addictive personality, the good things that I do can sometimes like take to the extreme. Um, and yeah, my body has always just been like a sore spot. I think it doesn't help, like I said, growing up a dancer and then working as a model and then quitting that and then ending up like in the media, essentially. It's really hard not to think like on a regular level that people think about they're aware of their body in, in those spaces. So then when you throw in like an eating disorder, it can be like a recipe for disaster. Um, I think where I'm at with it now, I've done like so much healing. Like it's been like an almost seven year journey for me, which is crazy to think about. But I think the bulk, I'm seeing like the bulk of like actually, you know, becoming at peace with myself in the last year, year and a half, I'm going to say. Um, I have an amazing therapist now that took me ages to like find a good one. And she's helped me so much on um my journey and I think following different people on social media, the public conversation changing the world uh, as well around bodies. I also think working with Nike, like one of the best brands in the world. And when I first started working with them, it kind of flared up the pressure of having to like be really fit and like look a certain way and blah, 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 blah. But the more that I've worked with them, the more that I've realized that's in my head and they're actually such an inclusive company. And they're actually like, like, even with this, like, like, they're so, like, they're always checking with me and just be like, hey, like, it's chill. Like, you know, like, enjoy it. Do what you got to do. Like, don't push yourself. Like, we don't want you to push yourself. Like, we want you to, like, you know, and, like, how diverse they are as well, not only, like, with, like, different minority groups and obviously me being part of one that's, like, a queer person, but even, like, size inclusive and everything, like, that has actually really helped me as well just from, like, 
the athletic like work perspective of being like, oh, I'm working with like one of the best companies in the world and they don't even, they're not putting this pressure on me. They don't even care. And they keep bringing me back. So obviously like, you know, like I'm, I'm doing something right. Um, and yeah. And I think, I think surrounding myself with different people, just like dive, like diving into like the healing process. It's been a journey. And like, I wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent. Like I of course have days, weeks where I'm just like, Oh, um, I hate myself, but I'm definitely noticing that I come out of those spaces quicker. And I think the more that I give myself a life, which is something I didn't have for a while because my body dysmorphia, like, and, and eating disorder behaviors, like got in the way of, it robbed me of like so much, like I couldn't even get into it. Like so much that the more that I am allowing myself to live, the more that I'm like, this is way better than looking a certain way like I'm actually like genuinely getting to the point where I'm like I don't even care because if I get to gain like being relaxed and like little things like sleeping in and like being out at, at with my friends and not being like I have to go home because I have to sleep because I got to get up and I and sleep is really important if I don't sleep I'm gonna blah, 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 blah. and just being like no I'm actually having a really good time I'm gonna like stay and hang out with my friends and like being able to like go out to dinner and not what like be anxious about food and like try new things and like get lots of enjoyment out of it and I've like called all these like beautiful new people into my life because of allowing myself to be more free um I'm genuinely like at a stage where I'm like I wouldn't trade it like I don't want to go back I don't want the life that I had before it's like not worth it I might have like fed that part of my brain that thinks that I need to like be a size you know six to eight and be like shredded and be super fit and like impress people with my level of fitness and dedication and like I'm up at 5am every day like I'm a superior human bullshit um I wouldn't trade like all that for the life and the friends and the things that I do now which is like huge for me because I genuinely thought like I wouldn't get to that place I thought I would always like go back and always just want to be that version of myself more than anything because of that part of my brain that said that like I'm only worthy if I'm like doing those things and being that way um so yeah yeah I don't know if I answered the question no that's beautiful and so moving (laughs) that was um yeah incredible wow I think it is such a beautiful place you can be when you are at peace with your body and how much your eyes open to everything else that goes on in the world and actually appreciate everything else that goes on. I think that's a really good place to be. So I'm so happy that you are there and enjoying life and saying all of that, how do you think sport or and movement has helped build that relationship with your body to be at a place that it is now? Um, I think with sport, I mean, I mean, movement is just like amazing for like, you know, mental health full stop. And obviously like, I like clearly by everything I just said, like suffer from like poor mental health sometimes and moving my body always helps like get me out of those states. And just like, I always say like, it's like a shake out. Like when you, when you move your body, it just like kind of rinses you. Um, so like obviously movement has helped me so much with my like mental health. Um, but I think on this journey, it's just been finding ways to like in enjoy it and I've met so many amazing people like through being part of I guess like the fitness world fitness industry whatever you want to call it um and those and I definitely think there's like a toxic portion of that industry but I've definitely like moved away from it and surround myself now with people that move to like genuine like fun as well like just move because they want to and because it's like a community thing and because their friends are doing it and because like 
you know, everyone has their own thing. And I definitely think that that has taught me that like I can enjoy working mm-hmm. out and I can enjoy training. And it's not this thing that I like have to do and I have to dread. I can literally wake up and be like, what do I feel like doing today? Um, do you think it's yeah. like helped you appreciate your body more from and like actually start like fueling your body more and looking after um, it? Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like I think too, especially going through that really bad injury, like almost two years ago now really taught me that too. Like if you like, if you want to be strong and like, like, you know, not being able to walk is always like a really like eye opening thing of just like, Oh my God, I'm so appreciative. You're just like literally like walk to the bathroom to go for a piss in the morning. Like, do you know what I mean? Like just these little things that like, like, Oh, um, so that definitely gave me, yeah, like this appreciation. And I think now like I talk to my body in such a different way. And like, even when I am like working out, especially when I used to go to like being group settings, like I used to always feel this like pressure to like be the best in the room. And like when like the instructor or whatever would be like, you know, say like, I don't know, like the hardest exercise or whatever. I was like, I have to do it to like prove to myself and to all these people in the room that like I'm the fittest in the room. And now I have such a better relationship with myself that I always like talk to them and like be like, what do we want to do? And like, if someone's going to scream at me, but like not for like doing the digression, like that's their problem because like I, I am at peace I am living my life for like my body's happy. Um, yeah. Amazing. And I, I just have a very different relationship to myself. And like, sometimes it's a good thing. Cause like, also there's times where I might be working out and I'm like, nah, like today we're going to push it. And I can feel my body like working with me and being like, yeah, like, let's go. Like, let's, let's like, let's do it today. Let's like, you know, push it. Um, and it's like, it's like coming from a genuine place. of so, like having that relationship with my body, my body's like, nah, like, like that, like I actually feel like doing that today. Like, it, like, let's do it. And then there's other days where I can like, I have a relationship where like my body would be like, I actually like don't want to do that today. Like I'm run down. Like, can we just like cruise? And I'm like, yeah, like no worries. So I think it's just like, my body is no longer like my enemy and I work with it. And it's really been beautiful to see that like manifest in the way that I move and the way that I work out and really like checking in with myself, even like throughout like our workout being like, I think we're going to like cruise now. And I think like, that's okay with me. And then like, you know, it's, 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 it's been really nice. And it's been really nice too, to know that like, I think a lot of the time people struggle, especially people that have like eating disorders or suffer from exercise addiction. It's a really interesting um, kind of addiction because with most addictions, you know, you go, okay, I like, if you're, if you're an alcoholic, you like go, you get sober and you like don't drink and you try and, you know, not, ever touch it again but like exercise and um especially like eating disorders it's really interesting because it's something that actually is really beneficial but it's finding that you know that balance and like creating a new relationship with it again and I'm so glad because I always thought that like I would never be like I was like I'm never going to be able to like get rid of this voice unless I completely give it up and I don't want to give it up because I know it's so good for me and my mental health um so it's been really beautiful to know that like I actually can keep it and I have kept it in my life the whole time, but just found new ways to like relate to exercise and to food and to training and keeping myself well. And I think expanding the spectrum of, of what wellness means. I think before it was like wellness means like being my fittest, eating the cleanest, getting up the earliest, going to bed the earliest. And now I'm like, no, wellness is like looking after yourself, which means definitely like getting sleep, moving your body eating well but it's also like your social life enjoying yourself feeling relaxed not being anxious about those things um and so the more that I like broaden what wellness mean the more that I found like a well-balanced like um version of like me feeling my best 
Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I think what you're saying is kind of like what we try to do at FEMI. You know, we want the ladies to be able to listen to their bodies and understand, you know, that not every day they're going to feel good. And we structure their program like around their menstrual cycle. So it sort of matches the energy fluctuation as well. But I think, yeah, what you said is really important, like just being able to accept that today I don't feel like going really, really hard and I'm going to do the digression. Yeah, it's so important because so many people, like you said, love smashing themselves and they've got that like addiction to it, um, but it's actually not that good for us. So, um, and at Femi, we're, we're trying to empower people to embrace their bodies and their physiology, but we understand that not everyone who menstruates is female. We are the first to admit that we don't potentially speak to everyone at the stage and we really want to be better. From your perspective, how can we at Femi be more inclusive? Um, I think I think sometimes it's not difficult, definitely not difficult, but like I, I understand like the, you know, when you're talking about, like we, we, we've known, like not known, sorry, we've um, been uh, conditioned for so long to refer to like, only women have periods or like going to menstruation or like female hormones. We use that language, which like, you know, no, that that's fine. Like we've been conditioned to, to say and think those things. And there's been a bit of a beautiful like revolution where like queer voices and trans voices are getting heard more in the media. And so everyone else is kind of being like, Oh yeah. Like, whoops, like unintentionally, like didn't mean to offend. Um, and I'm learning too, like even though I am non-binary and the queer folk, like I'm, I'm learning. I mean, I'll, I'll slip up like heaps. But I guess for me, when I'm talking about like periods or like h- hormones, I usually say things like uterus owners or um, the she's and they's. I think that's a really like beautiful thing. But then I guess when talking about periods, like trans men um, also get um, periods, not all, but some. Um so yeah, I think it's just it's just being inclusive by being like you know um, people who menstruate X Y Z or uterus owners X Y Z, um, and yeah, I, I I think it's just I think it's just inc- like I mean the like the word inclusive kind of encapsulates it. It's like not taking away anything. It's just adding. It's being more inclusive and just thinking about. And I also think I think too on that another reason why when I'm talking about periods, I kind of try not to gender it too much is because not all women also get a period not all cis women get periods and there's a lot of shame around that women who don't menstruate or lose their periods or struggle with you know fertility stuff and all the things that we could talk about that you guys would know probably more than me um there's a lot of shame for women that feel less like a woman because their bodies don't do the thing that like women are supposed to do so I think also it's not only about being inclusive when it comes to queer and trans folk when it comes to inclusive language around like hormones and like you know reproductive uh systems and people that menstruate and all the things it's also for like cis women too because a lot of cis women not a lot but some cis women um also uh don't get a period and and then and and can feel a lot of shame about that um yeah so I guess for me when it comes to like language I always just say like it's about adding in not necessarily taking away and the easiest thing for me is like when I'm talking about um periods or menstruation I I always just say like uterus owners or people who menstruate or like um like women um and trans folk I had a run club (laughs) just before literally like we launched like the week before COVID first ever happened so it's just like it hasn't like it didn't really get off the ground because like we had planned like our whole thing was like in, in face community. And we wanted to like, I think it'd be different if we built that and then went into COVID, but like we hadn't even built it yet. Cause like, yeah, 
So if you're like, where's the run club? It just, <laughs> COVID screwed us over. <laughs> but even with that, like I, we wanted it to be like, it was, it was like, originally we were like, we want like a female um, in Sydney. We wanted like a female, like run, um, like safe space for like recreational runners and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, and then we just like in our um, bio, like description of what we do, we just said like um, we ended up like kind of changing it to like the she's days and gays um, and then also wrote like further like which is welcome to like trans folk as well. So it became like a like female and queer and inclusive space. Um, yeah. So I guess like the easiest way to answer is like it's always just for me about like being more inclusive, like adding language in and, and rather than like, you know taking it away um yeah 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 that's amazing I think we appreciate your insights so much and we definitely have a lot of like room to grow and I think for Femi you know we our ultimate goal is to allow people to feel empowered in their bodies and through speaking about periods and menstrual cycles and bodily functions that we don't necessarily talk about a lot um, is one of the ways that we can do that. But we know that we can allow other people to feel empowered in their bodies through other aspects as well. So I think, yeah, us being aware of terminology and how we can um, associate people to what we're trying to do at Femi is really important for us. So I think you mentioned pronouns and your pronouns are they and she. How did you come up or like, how did you find those current pronouns? Where did you feel really comfortable with those being your pronouns? And can you explain the fluidity of gender to us a little bit more? Yeah. Um, my gender journey has been like an interesting one. So I, growing up, was like very closeted. I knew I was gay from a really young age. Um, but I grew up in a very, like my my parents are like beautiful now. Like, And they, they never like, it was never them. It was weird. It was like, it was never them, but we grew up in a very Catholic household. Um, my dad is Irish Catholic. So it wasn't so much like this thing of like being gay is bad, but I, I just never saw it. It was like always hush hush. Like I have a family member who was gay and being with their partner for like years and like only found out when I was like 10 and I was like, what? Like, you know what I mean? So it was very like, I, I, there was a lot of shame around, um, my queerness and also I think going to like times have changed very quickly but when I was at school like no one was out and like I remember like in my high school there was like one girl that was out in the whole school and it was like everyone was like she's a lesbian and I was like oh my god I can never be a lesbian because everyone will hate me um so I only um I guess was out um maybe like almost almost three years ago now so still like pretty pretty fresh I suppose and the first person that I um was with um was on their own gender journey and ended up coming out as non-binary whilst we were together and it was really it was like this weird thing because like queerness like the world of queerness and like community I was I was definitely brought into it by my partner at the time and I was just like oh my god all these things like you know I was a bit overwhelmed but I when they would talk, like, I would ask them questions also as like a partner I just like wanted to like make sure I was saying the right thing and like wanted to understand so I'd be like you know like uh, explain this to me explain that to me whatever whatever and then when they would like talk about their gender expression and talk about gender and they would like send me like reference points like oh read this book or um, follow this person like it will help you understand kind of like what I'm going through and every time they would talk or I'd read something or whatever I was like oh my god like, and then I started having a crisis and I was like, am I not binary? And I was like, no, I'm not. Am I? 
I don't know. And I was just like freaked out. And I like just sat with it for ages. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not. I just like relate heavily to like the, the which is fine because some people will read up on gender fluidity and be like, I'm not non-binary, but like that's the T. So I was like that, I was for a while, I was like, that's it. I just think like, yeah, that's the T, but like, I'm not, that's not me. Especially because I was with someone who was trans non-binary. So I was like, that's like, we're going to support them on their journey. Like I, I, ain't, get, I ain't getting involved. I don't want to like take up space. Um, and then like this one day I like was in bed with my partner. I was like, you know, like sometimes like when you talk about gender, like I read this book in one of my favorite books. It's a, it's a little handbook. It literally would take anyone like 40 minutes to read maybe that. It's called um, Beyond the Gender Binary. It's by a loke. If you don't follow a loke, oh, my God, like, please follow them. They are just incredible when it comes to, like, gender fluidity and trans issues. But, like, from a, it's so spiritual, the way that they talk about gender. Like, it, they changed my life. Um, and I read that book and was having these conversations. And I was like, my mom, I was like, I don't know, like, sometimes, like, when you talk about gender, like, or you describe how you kind of, like, knew I'm like a bit like, oh. And then my partner was like, yeah, I mean, that would make sense for you. And I was like, would it? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, okay. Um, so behind closed doors, um, I was really blessed to be in a position with someone that like, they were like, you know what? Like, how about like, I just use gender neutral pronouns for you, like just between us two. And if it feels good, cool. If it doesn't, you can be like, stop doing that. It's not my thing um so they did and and I was like no this feels like good this feels like very affirming and it was just like a snowball effect I wasn't like it wasn't like I was like that's it like this is who I am cool I'm gonna like come out to everyone again and blah 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 blah. it was like this slow thing and then I changed my pronouns like she they and then I would like change them and then like take them away and be like I don't know and then like uh, uh, uh. um and it honestly wasn't until um I went through like a really bad breakup with that person like almost seven months ago now and it was, it was, even though like the breakup was brutal, um, it, it was, uh, because I was, like I said, with someone, it was, I always wanted to like, um, like create a safe space for their, their journey. Like their journey is so different to mine when it comes to gender and they identify as trans. And I always wanted to hold space for that. So being without that person gave me like the, the time and the space to like fully dive into my own gender journey, my own queerness which has been challenging but so beautiful because it's like now I get to own my own space. And that was when I was like, no, I'm definitely like they, she, and I'm definitely like see gender as fluid and I always have. And I feel comfortable being described as non-binary, but I still love the term lesbian for me. I still keep the she because I'm very in touch with my womanhood and what it means to be a woman. But like definitely in my expression, I feel like gender neutral. So yeah, it, it, it's been kind of a recent thing, the pronouns, being comfortable in them. Like before I'd kind of like have them in my bio, but like never tell anyone, like kind of thing. Like everyone just read me a sheet and I was like, cool, 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 cool. Um, or like if I was in a work environment, I'd never be like, my pronouns are they she. I'd just be like, just assume I'm a gal. Um, and it's only been like recently that I'm like, no, like my pronouns are they she. I'm like, cool. And like, I'm happy to answer questions and like blah, 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 blah. Um, so yeah, and I think for me, like, I think sexuality and gender is fluid and realizing that has been like the biggest like mind blow. It takes all the pressure off for me as well. I feel like queer people, it's really hard because like a lot of queer people miss out, not all, especially not now because the world is changing a little bit, but in, I mean, I'm still very, very young, but I feel like there's been like a quick kind of turnaround. It was still like 
Every, like literally everyone was closeted when I was in high school. It was like not, not cool to be gay or anything like that. Um, I, a lot of, a lot of the time queer folk kind of miss out on their like adolescence. So they end up kind of like going through adolescence when they're in their adulthood because you're closeted and then you're out and then you're like literally like a kid again being like what do I like what's this what's that um so there's a lot of pressure sometimes to feel like you need to like figure out what you are and where you sit and honestly that pressure comes a lot of the time from like heteronormative like cis facing world that are like confused sometimes by queer folk and like don't understand us and they're just like we're too like where what box do you kind of sit in and although it's like labels I'm like all into labels I think they're very powerful and I use labels and I love them but I think it's important to like when I realized that gender was fluid sexuality is fluid it allowed me to just like relax into my journey and just like identify how I do today and express myself how it feels good today and like not worry about like if things changing or like you know like you know, even, like, if I'm, like, being attracted to, like, certain people or, like, you know, the, like, I, I, like, even with, like, coming out as non-binary and then being, like, but I still feel very attached to my label as a lesbian and being, like, oh, my God, I can't, but that doesn't, blah, blah, blah. I'm just, like, no, like, everything's fluid. Everything's, like, you know, that's just pressure that you're putting on yourself. So it helped me just, like, relax into my journey and, like, relax into myself and I feel, like, the most comfortable in my gender and sexuality through realizing that like everything is fucking fluid. Um, yeah. I hope that answered the question. <laughs> and that was a great explanation. Thank you. That was so powerful and um, informative for me personally. So thanks. That was great. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> and, and I think it leads on to our next question pretty nicely because sport like at an elite level is structured by gender and yeah. there's so many discussions at the moment about trans rights, women's rights, and people being included in sport. And I just wanted to know your opinion on on how we can potentially cater to everyone and make everyone feel heard and seen. Yeah, see, this is, to be honest, this is a topic that I'm going to say, like, I don't know, like, a lot about. Um, like, I do, like, obviously, I read things and I see things, but it's not something that I'm, like, um, fully educated on and, like, like I don't understand both sides of the argument so much that I can have like a really in-depth discussion about it. And I understand that it's a, it's a tough one when we're talking about sport and like competing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I really like, I don't know how to have these discussions um, because I think too, like obviously my values I like, you know, for example, trans women are women and trans men are men. And, you know, I get like, that's how I feel about it. So they should be in those categories to like affirm, but I also understand hormones and all those things do play a part. And I'm not going to act like that's something that it's like, oh, fuck that. Because like, you know, that's that, like, I, I understand that there's, there's that argument to it of like, you know, um so I, I'm not really I'm not really sure I'm actually going to be honest here like I'm not really sure what the solution is I'm not really sure I'm yeah I'm not well versed in like the conversations that are happening and I think every circ like situation is different like every case it, it, it's very different depending on where a person's at um obviously there was like that recent um 
controversy where um what is her name it's really bad that i've forgotten her name she had too oh, much testosterone the 800 yeah 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 see stuff like that i'm like nah like that's her genetic makeup and like that's also like you know for example i'm never going to be an olympian because i wasn't born with like that athletic build like genes do play a part in being an incredible athlete you look at runners like look at their legs they like like they're born to run like of course they can train and like be better but like a lot of it comes into like, even like da- like if i go back to dancing some people just don't have rhythm like they're not going to be a dancer and that sounds harsh but it's like that's that's how sport kind of works i feel like you are kind of born with like a genetic makeup that is some like you know people have athletic builds so uh, that kind of situation i was like nah because that's her genetic build that's her, that's her asset she was born with that asset which means that she's an incredible athlete why would you put, like it's not unfair like that makes the whole thing's unfair we're going to yeah, like we, we're going to like you know we're going to go through everyone's genetic makeup and be like nah you're you got way too much of an athletic build that's unfair to this person that doesn't have as much of an athletic build it's like what <laughs> what if we throw a different case at you so there was a um, an athlete in New Zealand who was a born man became a female um, and she competed at the Olympics for New Zealand in weightlifting. She took a position of a female athlete who would have qualified who had grown up as a female. Um, and I think this is where it gets difficult, right? Like what is fair and what isn't fair when you are competing in a female category and you've grown up as a female with female hormones um, to then be competing against females who grew up with male hormones. And, you know, I guess, um, were able to build that strength through those younger years as being a male and then becoming female and then competing against females. Uh, it's a really hard conversation to have. Yeah, I would love it to is a re- yeah, yeah, it's really hard. I think, it, I think it also depends too on like where she, I mean, I ha- like it, it's really, it, it, the sport thing is a really hard conversation to have because outside of sport, no matter what hormones you're on or matter what you've done, like to like, to change your genetic makeup through medicines that we have now, you are like if I, like if you are like my pronouns are she her and identify as woman like you're a fucking woman like there's no there's no question about it. So it is tricky because it does it is a little bit different when we're talking about sport, right? Because like outside of sport, I'd be like, well, she's a woman, so like she's in the female category. End of story, no discussion. But I do think in in sport, I think it does. I think there does need to be a conversation about where someone is up to in their transition because the hormones that are pumping through your body do make a difference. Um, and I hate to say that, but it's the truth. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know enough about her as an athlete. I don't know where like she was up to in her transition. If she's on like hormones or what, I think that would answer the question. Like if she was on hormones um, and had like you know fully transitioned, then I think it's fair fair game. But if not, it is hard because yeah, like men do have a different like uh, I mean male assigned at birth or like um, like. M- m- yeah traditionally like not traditionally but like men do have a different makeup like they're they're more they're more athletically built they have more testosterone testosterone is what we want as female. like you know that's what you're saying have like athletes want we want more testosterone because it makes you stronger <laughs> it's, it's so honestly it's so cool to have you talk to us about it because i think 
it opens our eyes. There's just, it's so complex and there's so much more yeah. to it. And I think, yeah, in the next, you know, 10, 20 years, we're going to see a big shift and it'll be just really interesting to see what decisions are made. Um, Cause ultimately we don't want to push anyone further back in their journeys. So it's, yeah, it's a really tough one. Um, so thanks for chatting to us about that. Um, yeah. Let's move on to talk about periods, which we've already talked a little bit about, but um, obviously it was a taboo subject back in the day, but I think it's getting a, a lot more talking about now um, and people are more open about it. Uh, why do you think it's taken so long for the world to talk about this so openly and it's been such a taboo topic when like 50% or more of the world has this um, throughout their life? I mean, I honestly think it comes back to... Um sexism and the patriarchy obviously like I said before not all women get periods and not um not only women get periods but they're new conversations we're having you know I think if we go back traditionally um people would say women have periods majority of maybe majority of people that have periods are women so there you go and we live in a very patriarchal sexist society and yeah I think honestly like to put it simply like that's what that is what it's come down to seen as this like gross thing um and I think honestly it's just a tool to like shame women and keep women smaller in a society that is you know run by men and is you know patriotic like I don't know I yeah I think that that is like obviously like the no-brainer like number one thing as to why periods have traditionally been a very taboo thing and a very like hush hush thing um yeah and I think also as well we live in a society that it doesn't talk about um like not a very sex positive society and not that periods are necessarily to do with sex but they've got to do with like genitals and like you know, bodily function. So I think that also is why periods, you know, are not traditionally spoken about publicly. But the biggest thing would definitely be, it just comes back to like the patriarchy, a way that men can shame us. Um, And yeah, and I honestly think, I honestly think the reason why there's so much shame around it, driven by men, is because men are jealous that we can have babies because having not saying that like you don't need to have a like this isn't me saying because I don't I don't think I'll have children um and I have no desire to like get pregnant but having the option or giving creating new life is like one of the most spiritual and greatest experiences like on the planet like uterus have is literally like create life like and periods are uh, uh, like we have periods because our bodies are literally getting ready to make babies and I honestly think men are very jealous of that experience and the emotional um intelligence that um uterus owners have and I mean that's also why men use the only thing that they kind of have somewhat against us which is like their physical strength in order to oppress us because women and you know trans folk and the they's are very in touch with our emotions and very spiritual I think beings very empathetic very like intelligent 
And I think men are jealous of that. And so they shame us for that. And they use periods, which is the perfect thing to do because it's gross and yucky and blah, 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 blah. When I think it's like one of the most like beautiful um, things that we have and it creates new life, which is like literally like I think up there with like the most incredible um, and most beautiful things in the world um, is like pregnancy and birth. So that's my take on it. <laughs> wow. wow, you make me um, feel really proud to be who I am. I think and uh, <laughs> proud to yeah to, to be a woman. And I think it's it is true. Um, it is you know history that has created the world that we live in. We would, you know it's been such a man's world for such a long time, and it's so amazing to see so many powerful women finally like coming out and speaking and and trans people as well you know like taking their place and saying you know we're here we we are taking a place in society and letting people know which is amazing um yeah. since we had our conversation on conversations with Kath if you haven't checked out Kath's podcast you definitely should we'll put it in the show notes <laughs> um you. we spoke a lot about hormonal changes throughout the cycle have you been paying more attention to your hormones and have you felt about like you're you've been more in touch with your hormones throughout this training journey yes fully I actually after our chat I downloaded an app which you'll be proud of and I have been tracking and then I ended up actually diving more into because I think I don't know if I was saying to you but my past few periods had been physically really um not great which is odd for me I suffer um PMDD which is like a mood like my moods my mental health gets really not great like a week before my period um but it's been amazing to be aware of that and learn that and then being able to like manage that more than being like what's going on um but yeah it's it's really interesting through through being aware of it like I think I'm the kind of person sometimes I'm just like so like oh whatever like we'll just deal with it like when it comes but through our chat, I was like, no, I need to be like much more aware. And then through that as well, I was like taking more time to like also Google as to like why maybe my periods have been so painful. And I think um, obviously it could have been a host of things. Like I was like, do I have endo? Like what's going on? But I, I, a lot of it linked back to stress. And then when I did all these things to make sure that my body was like at a bit more homeostasis and also I think just being aware of it, my last two periods have been like, blissful just bleeding three days and like done um so definitely I think I think just having conversations about it and like you and all like the amazing resources that you have that Femi like yeah it's a it's like a game changer and even like what you said when you were like it's actually like when you get your period it's actually the hormones that are pumping through your body it's actually better to like utilize that in training that has been a game changer as well. And I'm like that annoying person now that every time I was like, I got my period, I'm like, did you know? <laughs> yes. Like, Shut up. <laughs> it's a celebration. <laughs> Fully. 
fully. <laughs> oh, that's so good to hear. I'm glad that you know, you're able to take my learnings and apply it to your training and feel better. And it's so good to hear that the last couple of cycles have been really positive, which is really good. I think it's pretty amazing how powerful our mindset can be as well. And as soon as you flip that narrative and make it really like a positive conversation that you have with your body about your menstrual cycle, it can actually make you, you know, feel better in your body and then your body can actually become more balanced and, you know, perform the way that you want it to perform anyway. So it's all intertwined, right? I think everything is about the conversation you you have with your body. Like your body is like, I think we forget too, and I definitely forgot this. I think as well, like suffering, like poor mental health and like eating disorders and all the things, you forget that like your body is constantly, like literally all it's doing all the time is trying to like reach homeostasis. Like that's literally all it does all the time. It's like, oh, 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 oh. Um, which is so beautiful and everything that it does like bad like what we label bad um, or good is literally trying to like heal itself like everything is a positive even when you like feel depressed or you're injured or you're sick like they're all positive things it's your body like detecting like even I was like talking about like I was like to my, my brother the other day he had a bit of a crappy ankle he was like isn't it crazy that like when you're when you're when you go stiff, like when you can't walk, for example, because you're injured and you you know you wake up and you're like, oh my god, I can't walk out my knee or whatever. Like I was like, that's like a natural compression, and that's why you massage it. Like your body's literally like naturally compressing it so you don't move it. And I, I know it's like that's probably like you're as an athlete, you're like yeah, calf. But it was just like hearing him say that. I was like, oh my god, the body. It makes sense. <laughs> queen, the body is a queen. Um, and. It's been really, yeah, beautiful. The way that I talk to my body now is like a friend, like even the smallest, like I'm a really big, like I'm a very spiritual person. And like, even yesterday I was, um, I was on my way to the airport to come to Melbourne and I had like really bad, like I just felt really nauseous and just like, I didn't feel good. And all of a sudden I like, what I did is I, I was like, oh my God, like I don't feel well, like blah, blah, blah. And I literally sat at the gate and like meditated and like like spoke to my body I was like what do you need like what are you feeling I like rubbed my tummy I was like it's gonna be okay you're okay you're safe and half an hour later I like felt fine like it's amazing I just think your body is so like smart and the more that you like get to know it and like work with it life just becomes so much easier like so much easier because you realize that it's not against you it's so for you so just like be its friend and like work with it and talk to it and be like hey what do you need are you okay what's going on that's how I, I'm a bit crazy. I'll talk to myself. No, like, oh, I love that. I'm very <laughs> much on the same wavelength. I'm, I'm yeah. suffering a little bit of an injury at the moment. And I've been talking to my body the entire week and like trying to just visualize my, you know, my tendons, like relaxing my bones, like healing and my, and my muscles relaxing, hoping that, you know, everything comes together on race day. <laughs> Yeah, but it's amazing yeah, the mind yeah. is super powerful uh we've just got two quick fire questions to finish off um but firstly we just want to say a massive good luck for this weekend uh we are there cheering for you so we're very excited to see you run past and hopefully with a big smile on your face i'm sure uh but before we say goodbye um two quick fire questions what advice would you give to your younger self I, I when I get asked this question, like it's so weird. Like there's so many things, obviously, like I could say, but I don't think I would actually say anything. Like I believe that like every experience is like so important, and I wouldn't be the person I am today without those experiences. So I wouldn't necessarily give her advice. I think I refer to my younger self as she because she's a she. Um, I would just give her like a massive hug. Like I think that's all that she needed. Like younger me really lacked um safety 
and really lacked um, feeling as though that she was, like, seen and heard and okay. So I wouldn't say anything to her. I would literally just, like, sit with her and hold her hand and give her a massive hug and, like, tell her that, like, I'm here and I'm here now and I'm not going anywhere and that, like, you're safe with me. I think that's what I would do and say. Yeah, that's beautiful. And we've got one more. What is your purpose on Mother Earth? Oh, God. (laughs) Ah! Um, I don't know. I don't really know working it out, but I'm a very, I'm a very, I'm a massive people person. I have a lot of um, love to give and I always want to like, literally like in life, like the reason what makes me like want to be successful in quotation marks is purely just to be able to have the, the, the resources to like, it sounds so, but like help other people in a way. Like I'm just obsessed with people Um, and I'm obsessed with like, I don't know, like like building people up. I think I, through my experiences in life, like I've, um, I spent a lot of my life feeling very, um, like I kind of said before, like not heard and unsafe and very confused by the world and very like I don't understand what the point is here Um, and I don't, I found it very painful. I found life very painful growing up Um, and I think through that and still being here, um, it. I want to kind of like I want to make sure that people don't feel that and I always want to make sure that people feel seen and heard and like they have a place and that people like there is always like kind of like a space for you and there's always um, a reason to dream and a reason to hope and a reason to kind of hold on and I feel like that is kind of my purpose and it manifests in like all different ways and all the weird things that I do in my life and in my career but I feel like I always come back to that kind of purpose. You know, I love storytelling. I love, and I think the reason why I love storytelling is because I love, or I feel passionate um, about making sure that people, yeah, feel that. And I think honestly that comes down to like wanting that for myself. So I try and like create that for other people. I love that you just went from not knowing your purpose to having this incredible purpose in life that you were living every single day, which is amazing. (laughs) Super proud of what you do. But thank you so much for coming on the FemiPod. We have learned so much from you today and appreciate your time so much. And yeah, good luck for the weekend. I know I'm so nervous. Fingers crossed my hip is okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to do so well. Yeah. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in with the FemiPod with the incredible Kath. We will be back next week for a post-race download. In the meantime, stay tuned on Instagram at femi.co.